welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. I want to remind you that our $500 scholarships has been extended all the way through the end of May. We saw so much good uh, work being done and and good response to the $500 scholarships that we've been able to extend it because of some gifts from some donors who saw the work that was being done and wanted to extend this deadline. And so if you've thought about international adoption and you want to apply now, there is a $500 scholarship. And Lord willing, we hope to be able to 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 provide more opportunities uh, for help for families as we continue to go through this COVID-19 pandemic. If you're interested in one of these scholarships, you can always apply at lifelinechild.org or specifically, you can go to lifelinechild.org backslash scholarship. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash scholarship. I'm grateful today to have Arthur Woods on the Defender podcast, and Arthur is from Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Uh, after serving for almost 10 years as a student pastor, and specifically for seven and a half years as a student pastor at a church in Pennsylvania, he began pursuing a full-time vocational orphan care ministry. Currently, he teaches and speaks on adoption, foster care, and orphan care. He's a regional coordinator for the Christian Alliance for Orphans annual Orphan Sunday event. He's on the board of directors for Camp Orchard Hill, which is a, a large youth camp in northeastern Pennsylvania. He's also a court-appointed special advocate for ACASA. He has a bachelor's degree in youth ministry from Lancaster Bible College and a master's degree in student and family ministries from Capital Bible Seminary. His wife, he and his wife Liz, have been married for almost 20 years and are currently certified as foster parents as well as CRR treatment parents. He is the author of the resource, Trusting the God of the Gospel, helping you disciple your adopted teenager. And so really, even as we think about uh, our goal in adoption and foster care is not just to rescue, quote unquote, a child, but ultimately to bring in a child in need and disciple them in the way that they should go, especially for children who've come from hard backgrounds and trauma-informed backgrounds to help them learn that there is someone that they can trust, and that is the God of the Bible. So Arthur, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for and uh, thanks for that introduction. And 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 you nailed it. This uh, these these uh, kids from hard places really have have uh, some difficult times embracing that God of the gospel. Sometimes. Well, Arthur, you know you um, you were a youth pastor for ten plus years and have worked with youth, obviously from very different backgrounds in in a local church setting and. And I know as student ministers, and, and I, I have, you know, dabbled in student ministry as well, bivocationally. Uh, you know, one of the big things about student ministry is discipling students, but also discipling families to disciple their students. Yeah. Uh, in, in your experience in working with students, why, why, are, why, is it, why is it so unique, discipling adopted and foster children and teenagers? Yeah, sure. That's... I, I think it, it boils down to as, as you think about the backgrounds of these adopted and foster teenagers, all of them come from at least some type of loss, loss in the sense that they can't be with their biological parents for one reason or another. Maybe the parents have, have died or, or are not able to be with the, the kids or have abandoned them or whatever the case may be. They've all experienced loss at, at a minimum 
And many of them have experienced, you know, whether it's other types of trauma or abuse or neglect or abandonment, and suddenly you put all those life experiences together. And then we as, as adults, as parents, as youth workers, we go to these kids and we present the good news of Jesus Christ and kind of want them and expect them to embrace the gospel. And suddenly they're hitting these barriers because of their past experiences. Like for, for example, we want to tell our kids, hey, you know what? God loves you and he is your father. Well, depending on their previous experience with father, they may not want to hear that God is their heavenly father. Or depending on their previous experience with love, they might not have any interest in hearing that God loves them because their definition of love might be very, very skewed. Yeah, so, and even as you're talking about that, you know, a lot of the words that we use with our kids, exactly like you're saying, even very spiritual words can be words that are foreign to, to kids that have experienced uh, loss, who have experienced abuse. Uh, you mentioned God the Father, obviously, but also when, when there's hope that's there, uh, when there is an untenable hope on something that's unshakable. Uh, you know, for, for, our, for these kids coming from hard places, uh, they don't understand having something that's unshakable because everything in their world has been in turmoil and lost and up and, and topsy-turvy, as to say. So, you know, one of the, the buzzwords I know in child welfare is mentorship. And, you know, it's this whole idea of we got to mentor these kids, we got to come around these kids. But I know from a Christian worldview, we want to not just mentor kids, we want to disciple kids. What, what is the difference between discipleship and mentorship? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And there's a there's a big distinction there that I think sometimes, unfortunately, we use those words interchangeably. And they're both great things, and they can go hand in hand, but they are different. Mentorship, really, you can mentor anyone about virtually anything. But when you're talking about discipleship, you're talking about an intentional relationship that you're building with someone to help them become more like Christ. So as parents, as youth workers, our responsibility, our privilege is to be able to disciple the kids, the teenagers that are in our care. And yeah, mentorship can go right along with that. But when we talk about discipleship, we're specifically talking about Jesus and help, helping them understand God and fall in love with God and understand the gospel in its entirety. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about discipleship. Yeah, and even, I mean, as we talk about discipleship, and, and obviously you've been a, a student pastor and you know this firsthand, unfortunately, even Christian parents take their kids to church in order to have them discipled, right? And, yeah. and I know you probably, as a student pastor, uh, had parents that came and said, hey, you, you need to work harder on my kid, or my kid's struggling with this, help them with this, or in a sense, sometimes, unfortunately, in Christendom today, especially in the West, we are taking our kids to church in order for the church to disciple them. Yeah. Uh, but, but obviously as, as student ministers, we know that our first and uh, primary responsibility is, is to the family. And that's even more important when we talk about discipling kids from hard places, adopted and foster kids, that discipleship happened inside of that family so that attachment and bonds can be formed. Uh, what responsibility do parents have with discipling their children? Yeah, I think ultimately parents have the primary responsibility for uh, for teaching their their children, their teenagers about God. Uh, unfortunately, and, and this is kind of what you were getting at, a, a lot of times we have sort of 
uh, farmed the discipleship of our kids out to the churches, out to the student ministries, out to the life group leaders and the youth pastors, so that we can kind of say, all right, they'll, they'll take care of the, the spiritual component of my kid's life, and, and maybe I don't have to you know, worry about that as much. And it's not necessarily a lazy decision. Like, I don't think there's parents out there just taking the lazy way out. I think it's more a lot of us as parents don't necessarily feel like we are equipped enough to disciple our own kids when the reality is if we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then, then we are equipped to disciple our own kids. And we have that responsibility and we have that privilege to be able to do that and then use the church, use the youth group as a support to that. Let, let them support us as parents, as we disciple our teenagers. Yeah. I mean, even taking that a step further, why would you say it's even so much more important that it's the responsibility of adopted and foster families to be the chief, uh, the chief voice in the life of their children? Yeah. And I think you already, you already touched on it a little bit. I think uh, the attachment issue is huge. So we talk so much about uh, attachment in a lot of different ways, but in this context, if we can be the person in our teenager's life who they go to for uh, spiritual discipleship, who they go to for questions about God. Not only is that a great thing in, in the sense that we get to, to guide them through that journey, but it's also a great thing in that they're coming to us and they're attaching to us. And it's just another way that we get to build that relationship with our teenagers as, our, as we're helping our teenagers develop a relationship with God. Yeah. And, and, and even again, you know, we've, we've talked back and forth as well about this attachment and this trauma. You know, a, a lot of folks, even adopted parents, especially those potentially who have adopted domestically, and, and they say, hey, I, I was at the birth of my child. I helped cut the cord. Uh, I was in the delivery room. My child hasn't experienced any trauma. Or even, even international adopted parents who will say, well, my child was at the best orphanage or in the best foster care system. Yeah. Uh, I met the foster parents. Foster parents are great. My child hasn't experienced any trauma. Or, hey, you know, uh, uh, there was a, a death in this family, and I fostered this child out of foster care. Or, uh, or you know, they never knew their parents. They were living with a grandmother, and that grandmother was kind. She just couldn't do it anymore. They've not experienced trauma in their life. They were so young. What would you say to people that would say not all kids that have been adopted or fostered have experienced trauma. Yeah, I, I think I might just kind of lovingly and, and cautiously encourage them to maybe rethink that approach because I, I do believe that even, even in that scenario that you just mentioned for us where a, a child um, came from, um, let's say that the child had, the, the parent, uh, bio mom had a great pregnancy, there were no issues, and then she gave the child up for adoption on day one, and that child went to a, a loving, safe, appropriate family and grew up in that family. Even in that scenario, at some point as that child gets to typically their teenage years, they need to process the loss of their parents. Whatever the reason was for the loss, they need to process that loss and that loss in and of itself is traumatizing. So even if the rest of their life was, you know, puppy dogs and rainbows, they still have to deal with the loss of their biological parents. And that's a tough thing to do. And, and so that can be a very, very traumatizing experience. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and we know then, I mean, even going into that, and we've, we've touched on this already, but I'd love to get you to just to touch off 
a little bit more is, is because of that trauma, many adopted and foster children or just teenagers who've been adopted struggle with basic gospel concepts, right? They, 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 they struggle even with this whole concept that I can be loved. Uh, I, I know a dear friend was telling me just the other day and, and they adopted their child uh, in, from an international context from a great uh, foundation that was, was overseas. It took great care. Uh, but she was saying her son the other day was, was acting out and, and was, was in a bit of a rage standpoint. And actually, they had a great opportunity. And she was able to ask her son, you know, why, why do you war against your dad and I like this? Hmm. And he looked back at her and he said, I don't deserve grace. I don't deserve mercy. And I don't deserve a family. Yep. You know, and this is from a child, again, that, that you could say, yeah, there's, there's some basic trauma and loss, but there's nothing really all that big, right? Um, why, why do you think it is that these adoptive and foster children and teenagers struggle so much with, with just basic gospel concepts like grace and, and mercy and forgiveness and acceptance? Yeah, that, it, it's a good question. And I think, you know, all of us on some level struggle with those, with those concepts. But as we kind of dial it down to specifically these teenagers who have been, a, been adopted or, or who are in foster care, um, the gospel concepts get tricky for, for, we'll do another example. For instance, we, we want to tell our kids, you need to trust God. Well, that's a huge one. And depending on their experience with trust, they may have had a lot of people in their life who they trusted and that trust was used against them or a bunch of people in their life who were, they were supposed to trust. And those people turned out to be not trustworthy. And so that develops over time, some significant trust issues in these in these kids. And then here we are as parents or youth workers saying, you need to trust God. Well, they're going to have some, a hard time doing that because of the trust issues that they've developed. Another example might be forgiveness. And we talk about how God through Christ has forgiven you. Well, do they even have a context for what forgiveness is? Have they ever been forgiven for anything? Or have they ever gone through a journey where they've forgiven someone else? Uh, chances are good that, that a lot of these adopted and foster teenagers might have several people in their life who have done them fairly significant harm, and they've never gotten to a point where they've forgiven those people. So to hear that God has forgiven them, there's almost no context for that. You almost need to start with like, well, let's define what that is. Let's, let's talk about what that looks like and what that could look like for you. So as you think about what the entire gospel is, this, this large narrative of God restoring his creation back to himself and, and all that that entails, there's so many words and phrases and concepts that kind of become barriers to these kids from hard places. And as parents and youth workers, we need to be just kind of thinking through uh, understanding their past and then presenting the gospel in a way that is helping them process their past and helping them look toward the future, their future relationship with Christ. Yeah, and, and touch on that a little bit, you know, when you even talk about that, because we're not changing the gospel message, but, right. but we're simply giving it in a palatable way for these children to be able to comprehend. So tell us of ways that we can we can do that by not changing the gospel but but by helping these children understand what are some tangible ways we can do that sure yeah and and you're right we we can't change the gospel we we wouldn't want to change the gospel the gospel is such good news it's a beautiful story and we're as christians we're proud of the gospel message that we get to share but there are definitely ways that 
we can convey it and we can contextualize it to a teenager who might be struggling with some of the issues. And here's, uh, here's one way that I like to look out of it. For, for many of us, the gospel is a uh, comparative analogy. And I'll use the example of, of father again. At some point in my life, when I was young, someone said, God is your heavenly father. And I thought, oh, well, that's nice. I have a good father. And now I'm, you know, and now God is also my father. I have a good feeling about my earthly father. Now I have a good feeling about my heavenly father. Yes, I'm going to accept Jesus into my heart as, as I did when I was probably five years old. But if your context for father was bad, uh, was negative, was, was harsh, you're not going to want to embrace God as father. So here's the way we look at it. We look at the, it as a contrasting analogy. So whereas I was able to look at it as a comparative analogy, with a lot of our teenagers, we need to look at it as a contrasting analogy to say, okay, here's what you experienced uh, with a father here on earth. Here's the things that you went through. Here are the things that happens. Here's kind of the negative, negative views you have of the concept of father. Now let's contrast that with what God says when he says that he wants to be your heavenly father. What does it mean when God says he wants to be a father? What does it mean when God says he loves you? Let's, let's open up to 1 Corinthians 13 and, and read about God's agape love. And that's different than what you experienced here on earth. And so we look at it very much as a contrasting analogy between what God is offering and what they experienced here on earth. And I, I even think about that too, you know, when we talk about because these kids are coming from <clears throat> hard places that they may not feel like they can measure up, but obviously God's grace isn't good until we understand that we don't measure up. So right. what's, a, what's a way that you would counsel a, a foster family or adoptive family to talk to their kids in a, in a way that helps them understand that they accept them, but to also understand that the reason that Christ had to come to die to give his grace and mercy is because that we, we, we don't measure up. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's funny, you want to be a little careful with this because you certainly don't want to, to, uh, to hurt any, any child further, but a child who thinks that they don't deserve grace is kind of onto something because at the end of the day, none of us deserve grace. So I think we get to have that conversation and say, you know what, you know how you don't think you deserve grace. You don't deserve mercy. Well, I, as your foster dad, as your adoptive dad, uh, as your youth pastor or, or life group leader, I, I don't deserve that grace either. And when we start actually talking about what grace is, and we start actually talking about what mercy is, by definition, we don't deserve it. So there's a way that we can almost affirm what they're feeling. Oh, I don't deserve this. Well, in a sense, you're right. You don't deserve it, but none of us do. But that's where God, the Father, loved us, and he gave us that grace, and he gave us that mercy when we didn't deserve it. And now Jesus is offering it to us, and we get to accept that. And I've accepted that. Will you accept that? Well, Arthur, we know that, <clears throat> that part of even some of what you're doing and saying and talking about us today, that you uh, created this video curriculum uh, in order to, to really to put that uh, front and center for parents and to help parents disciple their children that have come home through adoption or their foster teenagers. And it's called Trusting the God of the Gospel. Talk to us about what led you to create this video curriculum. Well, sure. As, as a youth pastor, I worked with uh, 
um, hundreds of, of teenagers, middle school and high school students over the years, many of which who uh, were living in foster care or who were adopted or simply came from um, hard places. And we started seeing a consistency between uh, the barriers to the gospel and the, the adopted and foster teens that were some similarities that many of them were struggling with the concept of father, the concept of forgiveness, the concept of control, the concept of adoption, all these great gospel concepts they were struggling with. And I thought, what if we, we put a resource together for parents to help the parents, again, as the, the primary disciple maker of their, of, of their teenager, that help the parents disciple their adopted and foster teenager that, that digs into some of these gospel concepts that says, yeah, I understand why you, why you are struggling with this concept based on your past, but let's reframe it. Let's look at it a different way and let's see if we can get you uh, to a point where you can understand that God is your father, that God does love you, that he has forgiven you, that you can safely give control of your life to him, that you can be adopted into his family and on and on and on. Uh, it was just something we wanted to do to help parents and even help youth workers talk to adopted and foster teenagers about God in a way that made sense for them. Yeah, and we're certainly living right now in unprecedented times where we have a whole lot more time with those adopted and foster teenagers and children that are in our homes because of this pandemic that has swept across our country and our world. So I guess two things. First, where can folks get this curriculum, uh, the trusting the God of the gospel curriculum? And then second, what are things that you would tell folks and parents now, especially when they are with their children 24-7, uh, what, what are some tips and some tidbits that you would give them uh, to, to be able to even uh, help their children think through this time of being quarantined? Yeah, a, a couple good questions. Well, first, uh, as far as the, the curriculum goes, it's a, it's a video curriculum uh, on DVD or downloadable uh, video, and you can get all the information there at uh, trustingthegodofthegospel.com. But as far as your, your other question, it, it is amazing. We, have, we do have an unprecedented, unprecedented amount of time with our kids right now, depending on, on the situation. And we do have an opportunity to lean in to their discipleship, maybe even a little stronger than we normally do. So maybe a good starter question is simply, hey, why do you think God is letting this happen? Why do you think, you know, almost play the devil's advocate a little bit. Maybe if, if God is, is all powerful and all loving and all wise, why do you think he's letting this happen? And, and maybe let them kind of try to answer that back to you and, and engage them in a conversation about that and, and uh, uh, try to get them to a point where they understand, you know what, this, this isn't exactly the world that God created uh, on, on day one of creation, that it's been marred through sin and, and these kind of things happen now and, and try to get them to understand the broad gospel concept of um, that we're really on a, on a trajectory here that we created when we, when we sinned back in the garden. And uh, another thing that, that uh, we are just starting with our uh, foster, foster girls is uh, we're going to be reading um, through, the, um, through the Bible, but just the, uh, the stories of the Bible. We're going to start in Genesis and just work our way through the actual stories. And, and so we, we will be, for the time being, skipping some, some large portions of Scripture. But right now, we just want them to learn the, the, 
the stories because like a lot of, of kids that maybe came from uh, an adoptive or foster backgrounds, they may not know the basic stories of, of God's word that some of us grew up knowing in Sunday school. And so we're just, we're going to read from the, uh, uh, the New Living Translation, a good, easy uh, um, a translation to read to our, uh, to our children. And uh, we're just going to read through the stories of the Bible and see how far we get. Well, that's, that's great help. And, and certainly for folks that are listening to this podcast, if, if you're one of those families that have found yourself in a quarantine with your children and you don't know where to turn, certainly uh, these are great suggestions. And you can go to trustingthegodofthegospel.com to see and to get the curriculum uh, that Arthur has talked to us about. But also just want to remind you, if you go to lifelinechild.org, we also have resources uh, of things that you can be doing with your kids, both educationally, spiritually, as well as physically, to be able to, to open up the hearts of our children. And that's our, that's our goal, and that's our heart, is that ultimately we can disciple these children in the way that they should go, that they would not just be adopted into a home or be fostered in a home, but ultimately that they would have a God that will be their father, that they can trust for the rest of their lives and that they can make him known. So Arthur, thanks for joining us. Where can people get in touch with you if they'd like to follow up on anything you said? Uh, sure. Um, they can go to uh, ArthurCWoods.com. Uh, C as in uh, the letter C, my middle initial, ArthurCWoods.com. Or again, they could go to uh, TrustingTheGodOfTheGospel.com. Arthur, thanks for joining us and for such a great perspective. And uh, we pray uh, that the Lord will certainly give us wisdom, all of us, as we disciple the hearts of our kids. I, yeah, I appreciate it. I hope this was uh, helpful to, uh, uh, to those that will be listening. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.